Well, good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome to a new way of doing Voice of the Valley. Uh, I'm Jeremy Pinch, and as you can see, uh, you have Rick Whitmer and uh, John Schubert with us via webcast. Uh, it's good to see you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We're supposed to act like we haven't seen each other in a while. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't, I guess we don't have to lie when we're doing this. I'm, I'm trying to figure out here. Are you trying to get us to deceive people by acting like, oh, hey, good to see you too, dear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think that's what we're going for. <laughs> yeah. We uh, are on a statewide stay at home order. So obviously we are podcasting from our homes. And uh, today we're talking about COVID-19. That seems to be the topic of conversation in every conversation. And uh, I'm excited to uh, talk more about it. So um, first question I have for you guys regarding COVID-19 is, is seriously, how, how much do you miss me? That was are, we still, are we still not supposed to lie? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know. I just haven't, I haven't had the chance to miss you as much as, as I might. (laughs) It's only, it's only been a week. So, uh, we could go. Um, no, but seriously, we, we are in the midst of a, a pandemic and inevitably in, in these times, people are going to ask the question, if God is sovereign, then why is, why is this happening? Why is God allowing this to take place, uh, this uh, disease to uh, spread for, you know, people to lose their jobs, um, so on and so forth. So how do we as a church, how do we as a church lean heavily into the sovereignty of God when, when most people would be skeptical? Go ahead, Rick. Okay. (laughs) So one of the things about when we start to ask questions about why uh, things happen in God's sovereign will, um, part and parcel with God's sovereignty is that we don't, we don't often get to know why. Um, you know, that we, we talk about two wills of God, right? We talk about his sovereign will in which all things that happen come to pass. Uh, you know, at the end of Job, he says, I know that you... Um, you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. And so that was Job's realization um, at the end of his suffering. Uh, And yet there at the end of the book, Job still doesn't know the why for what happened. I mean, we do because, um, you know, because we've seen the courts of heaven and we know the backstory, but we don't, but Job didn't um, that we know of. And so that's where you know, John, like you've said in sermons before, you've talked about a hermeneutic of trust. Um, the fact that we know that God is sovereign. We know that he's revealed his will, but then we've also got his word where that, you know, that's the revealed will of God. And so why do things like this happen? We don't necessarily get to know that. Um, we have hints throughout scripture. Um, sometimes God uses calamities as judgment. Um, sometimes he uses them in order to cause the gospel to spread. Um, but to the details of why does COVID-19, why is this happening? I'm not sure that we have that information, but we know that we can trust God in his goodness and his purposes through it in whatever he's up to. I think that's one aspect of it. 
Yeah, I, I think that that's important to keep in mind, uh, Jeremy, as we think through any crisis we're going through, whether it's pandemic level or personal level, um, we, we don't have the benefit, I, and maybe we should probably call it a mercy, that we don't see the end from the beginning like God does. Otherwise, mm -hmm. we wouldn't continue moving forward in many cases. Um, but as Rick said, we do have a trustworthy God that dealing with us. We, we have a God who knows the end from the beginning, as he says in Isaiah 46, who actually plans the, the movements of time and the details of that movement. And so we have a trustworthy God who loves us, who, who is able to control, who does control, not just able, but does control the meticulous movements of atoms. And so we can, we can rest in that and move forward, um, you know, in a, in a, I guess, a posture of faith um, that, that God has his plans and his purposes and he will accomplish them. Uh, he's in the heavens and he does all that he pleases. And none, no, nothing that he plans or executes um, is uh, willy-nilly, haphazard. There's always a purpose and design because God is a God of order and design and he has uh, intentions for these things, whether, whether they be of this magnitude or, you know, uh, personal as it relates to me and my home, my family, a plumbing problem, you know, there's really not a lot of difference other than the, the amount of people that a crisis might affect. Mm -hmm. So it's the same God who oversees it all. And we can rest in the fact that he loves us. The, the, the difficulty comes, I think, when <clears throat> it, these problems, whether they be large or small, affect me personally. Mm. So, you know, I'm only interested in these things as far as they affect me because I'm a selfish person, right? That's how this operates. And God's a good God as long as I stay healthy through the pandemic or as long as I get my plumbing problem fixed. And, but the minute, the minute, because of our sin nature and our, and our distrust of God, the minute that things go sideways, we start to question his goodness. Mm -hmm. So I think this is why it's important to, to remember history mm -hmm. as God worked through human history to accomplish his purposes in a faithful way. Um, so I think it's good we're talking about these things so that, you know, Sun Valley Church can, you know, learn, grow. Yeah. Well, yeah, John, and you mentioned, you mentioned in your sermon a couple of weeks ago that this isn't the first time that the church has experienced something like this, right? I mean, right. in the last century, you have World War II, you have the Great Depression, well, you have World War One as well, and and then looking even farther back, you have all these pandemics that have taken place. And how, how is the church, you know, how have we seen the church even in those times lean heavily on, on the sovereignty of God? It seems, it seems that they were, they were doing that during those times as well, as we look back at those things. Yeah. And what else are we supposed to lean on? Yeah. Um, this is, this is an opportunity um, to, exercise trust and faith um, in God's sovereign activity. Um, and, you know, I think take advantage of the, of the situation in, in a, in a godly way to love one another, to share the, the gospel of hope and peace. Um, I mean, 
just what we've experienced at Sun Valley up to this point in our current pandemic, I think has been pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, our people don't know this per se, but uh, we've had way more exposure <laughs> um, to the public ear with the gospel from Sun Valley Church than we've ever had. Yes. Because of the, the production of, of the videos that, that you and Jordan are doing, Jeremy. Um, and like Jordan told me last, I don't know, a couple days ago, last Sunday's service that was aired via our website and YouTube had 3,500 views. Mm -hmm. Last I counted, you know, we didn't have 3,500 in attendance all year. And then we had, we had 3,500 views um, to that, that service that was put out. And so I'm, I'm anxious to see how God's going to use this um, in the life of our church and, and the life of our, the believers at Sun Valley. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, congratulations. I wanted to say, John, that you are now a mega church pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Virtually. Five, I can see right now we've got two congregants. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I was thinking of, um, you know, Jeremy, you mentioned World War II. And uh, one of one of the great expositors that we will talk about from time to time um, is Martin Lloyd-Jones. And he was pastoring his congregation through World War II in London. And so you think about the um, the, the bombing of London and the campaign for Britain. And what he would do was he maintained the same commitment to the expository preaching of the word. And he gathered with his people and he preached. Uh, they weren't facing pandemic, which, which I think they probably would have responded differently if it was a pandemic during that time, you know, and as a doctor, he would have probably counseled them to do like yeah. we're doing. Um, but he just kept preaching. And then as the bombs dropped, he, you know, people would duck and then they'd sit up and, and he'd keep going till sermon was done. And so the church does what the church does. Um, amending, you know, the situation to the circumstances and yet not fundamentally changing what we're about and where our hope is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I know, I know in uh, situations like this, um, you know, we're in a, we're in a statewide stay at home order. Uh, by Governor Governor Inslee, and um, I know that just even in this last week, I've been going stir crazy, just staying inside, and I've been making some phone calls to to uh, some of the people in the church, and you know the the main prayer request that they have is is um, that we just make the the best use of our time. You know how can we how can we make the best use of our time now currently, and so my question for you too is. What are some ways that we can make the best use of our time when we're in a stay-at-home order from from the governor? Well, uh, there's a lot of a lot of things that that come to mind really quickly. Um, you know, you you think of others. Um, I think would be a good place to start. Of course, I don't think we should use this. A lot of times, when you disrupt a, a, a pattern, um, there's pros and cons, positive and negatives that take place because of that disruption. Mm -hmm. So I, need to, I think we need to be careful that we don't um, neglect our spiritual lives during this time when it would be 
maybe easier to do because of the disruption and you get out of your habit of, of, and your pattern of living. And so you gotta be careful that you continue, you know, um, having your family, um, devotional time, family worship time and personal worship time and, and <clears throat> all those things. Instead of being tempted to sit down and watch eight hours of Netflix that, that you maybe do something else. But some of the positive things I think are, that we can do are already happening at Sun Valley Church. For example, last night I got a call from my small group leader, a FaceTime call, and he and his wife talked to Sherry and me for about an hour on FaceTime. Hmm. Um, and each of us, us three here, have uh, had long and good conversations with a lot of people at Sun Valley that we just frankly haven't done before, as, as, at least to this level. Um, positive stuff. So we can start looking out for each other. You don't have to be on staff or a small group leader to call someone to see how they're doing, to offer to pray for them, to, um, you know, w without breaking um, the, the curfew that we're under, um, seeing ways you can practically help them, you know. So I could, for example, Jeremy, I could come um, help you rake your yard via video. <laughs> I mean, could, yeah. that'd be that'd be helpful. Yeah. I, I I could come toilet paper your house and raise the value of it. Yeah, um, yeah. Rick's the one who bought all the toilet paper, so I mean, <laughs> you can do that. No, that was my wife. I'm just kidding. <laughs> At Lincoln's request. <laughs> you know, there's another. I think John, what you're saying, really, what came to my mind was Ephesians four, um, and the fact that really the largest proportion of phone calls and connections and ministry to one another, uh, either via video or phone or email or whatever, um, should be coming from the saints at large. Yeah. I mean, I, I, another thing that people could do as they're connecting uh, is also take advantage of the time by considering a book on theology or, or the Bible that they've been wanting to read for a long time, but just never have gotten around to, and to pick it up and make a plan for the, we're, you know, on lockdown for these two weeks, we have about a week and a half to go at least make a schedule of how many pages you want to read a day and enjoy that book, getting to know God and his word more. Uh, yeah. I thought I would have more time to do that. Oh, go yeah. ahead. Ray. Me, Rick, that, that is obviously people that are watching this or listening to this are already connected to the venue of Sun Valley church, but maybe it'd be an encouragement for them um, to maybe, text or email this link to someone else at Sun Valley Church that they may or may not be watching or listening. Mm -hmm. Or as my wife has done, she's used the Sunday services that we put online and sent it to her coworkers at school um, that they've been very thankful and appreciative, which is, you know, a surprise to her, but they were, they responded well. So we can think evangelistically now, probably, <laughs> more effectively than we, we ever had an opportunity. Like I've said in a sermon, I think two weeks ago, this is an opportunity, not a threat. Mm -hmm. yes. um, and I, this might be a good time, Jeremy, to talk about the postcard that we're developing mm -hmm. uh, that you and Mark are working on and uh, something that we can produce. I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know if the printers will still be open. You'd probably know that better than I do, but um, producing a postcard with some verses of comfort and, and peace uh, that people can, can read and then on the backside giving an invitation to join us either via um, podcast or or 
you know, video production service or whatever. Um, but our people can send them, mail them to their neighbors and friends and coworkers. Yeah. If they're isolated like we are. Yeah. Well, a lot of opportunity. Yeah. And we've had some uh, unbelieving relatives who we were able to, you know, invite to church with us. Yeah. Um, who've watched the service um, in sharing resources with people. You know, um, this is a great time if, if somebody's been meaning to double down on their devotional life. Maybe that New Year's Eve resolution that, that never got realized. Well, here's, a, here's another opportunity to do that. And like John mentioned, um, family worship. We're here every day with our families and we have no other choice. And so maybe if there's a family that's neglected family worship because of a busy schedule, now's the time. We're still putting out new family worship liturgies online every week. And those are just resources. It's not even, you don't even need to download them. Just read and pray and sing together. And then for guys like Jeremy who are going stir crazy. Um, and actually, and I've done this too, as and the governor, I thought this was good of him to mention as many times as he did in his address the other night. Um, get out and go for a walk. You prayer walk, prayer walk your neighborhood and get some exercise. That is for people who are prone to depression. Um, I'm not particularly prone to depression, but I know a number of people in our congregation are. Um, being inside cooped up and not moving is bad news. And so get out and enjoy the spring air that God's given to, um, to do that because that is totally on the table in our lockdown. I'm going to, I'm going to go for a run all the way out to Moxie and visit you, Rick. Okay. All right. Uh, I will stay six feet away and I will wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know that just even over the last couple of weeks that I, I cherish the church. I miss the church and I'm sure that you guys are, you are feeling the same way, John, you mentioned that in your sermon, you know, two weeks ago, whatever that was of, of, you know, I, I do miss seeing you guys and being in fellowship. And uh, right now I'm, I'm reading this book, uh, Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And in this book, he says, uh, it's easily forgotten that the fellowship of Christian brethren is a gift of grace, a gift of the kingdom of God that any day may be taken from us, that the time that still separates us from utter loneliness may be brief indeed. And if we know, you know, Bonhoeffer, he's, he's, he's writing this book in 1938, you know, Hitler's in power, World War II is about to get started. And he's, under, he's realizing that, that Christian fellowship is, is pretty close to be taking away from, from, you know, German Christians. And so now as we are experiencing this, this isolation, uh, we are kind of ex experiencing this, this loneliness, this, this, this separation from each other. And so we've been blessed in America uh, with these freedoms that we have. Um, but how, how should we view the church going forward? You know, if this is a blessing from God, if it's a, it's a grace of God, how should we view the church going forward after, you know, everything passes? Well, and by the way, uh, Bonhoeffer didn't have the benefit of, of the, uh, video production. Yeah. We actually can worship together, you know, not not perfectly, but way more effectively than he could. Um, and many that have gone through this kind of, you know, challenge. But uh, we we've got a, a huge advantage, and so I think we ought to, we ought to take the advantage. And I think we've been trying at Sun Valley, you know, with the video production that you're, you know, involved in, and and 
this kind of venue, the, the podcasting, the video podcasting, the, the, you know, FaceTime communication that I experienced last night with my small group leader, um, you know, phone calls, texting. I mean, we really have a huge advantage. And how do we think of the church going forward is by exhausting these advantages. Uh, and I, and I, I don't, I'm not a prophet, but I suspect this won't, this coronavirus won't last, uh, you know, for 10 years. I think we'll be out of this, you know, relatively soon. And so we ought to, we ought to take huge advantage of what we have right now. We've got a, a cult, we got a society here that's actually running around pretty scared. Mm. Um, I, I think there's been some, um, you know, truth and some um, flamboyancy in the reporting of this situation that we're in. Um, but either way, we've got uh, people that we're living with and around that are scared and not certain about things and somehow think that buying toilet paper is going to help. But um, Not even N95 rated. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we should, we should run forward with confidence and let people know that we're joyful and, and uh, at peace uh, as Christians who attend Sun Valley Church. Mm-hmm. And, and if that opens opportunities, like I think it, ha- it will <laughs> way more than any other time, um, we'll, we should walk through that door and share the gospel and invite them to church. And, you know, and if they, you know, I'm, the church isn't going to be meeting for a month. Well, okay, then here's this video link. Here's our website. Here's my phone number. It's, you know, I, I can see God doing some really cool stuff here through this situation for all churches and, and churches that have been faithful in preaching the word and, and clearly presenting the gospel, I think are going to have way more impact than those who are, you know, just trying to, um, tell people how wonderful they are every week. Um, we, we've got good answers <laughs> mm-hmm. for our current situation and we ought to exploit it. If, if, if we can use that in a positive term. <laughs> so, yeah. I think, um, there's a risk, a, an at risk group within the church. And I hope it's a smaller group, <laughs> uh, which is, people who are looking at this as, well, we can't go to church. Okay. We got some weeks off. You know, I know there, I know of at least, you know, one household um, that just hasn't been even trying to watch the services online. And and that saddens me um, because it communicates a a basic disconnectedness. Um, And I wonder how deep is the fellowship, even when we're physically together, if we can bear being this disjointed during a time of lockdown. But what I've heard a lot more of and has been a tremendous encouragement is that people see somebody, somebody told me yesterday, (laughs) the church, it's sad that the church isn't seen as an essential service. And, and I understand the heart behind it. And there's wisdom in not meeting physically during a pandemic. I think there were just hundreds of cases of um, coronavirus in a church down, I think in Alabama that kept meeting and, and they spread just a lot of cases around their community because of that. 
So there's a wisdom aspect, but I think people are seeing that meeting as a church is vital for our lives in a way that we may not have really understood, even though we believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I'm hoping, you know, another family told me yesterday, we are going to be going to Sunday seminars from now on. (laughs) And they just haven't until now. Well, they're seeing that that the church is precious. It's vital. It's our sphere of existence as believers. It's the place where we are sent out from into a world that we're trying to reach with Christ. And so I I think that when we get back together, it's going to be a very joyfully emotional day. And I think people are going to be re-energized in what God is doing in his people and are going to read some texts of scripture in a new light. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be able to hug and kiss and all that when we get back together? I, I want to make sure that that happens. I, <laughs> I was in a church once that did, that did they have the holy kiss in time? <laughs> yeah. The holy kiss, man. Yeah. Bring it back. That's lost its place in the church. We need to get back to we need to get back to first century Christianity here. <laughs> Hashtag Thessalonica. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you, Rick. I, I think that we do have an opportunity, and we need to make sure we take advantage of it. I mean, I, I can see the hand of God all over this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about numbers of views on this kind of thing, and I understand that that's. Uh, different than reality, but, um, uh, we have, we have, we have the means, the practical means at Sun Valley church to actually minister to more people than are coming on Sunday morning that were coming on Sunday morning before this happened. Yeah. Like, like our commons room, the overflow room, you know, Jeremy has done a lot of work to make sure that room is up and running, uh, with video and audio that room seats 300 people. And uh, it's, we have chairs in there and I can see some crazy stuff happening that might be a result of us handling this opportunity that God has given us, handling it well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm I'm excited about it. I mean, I think that's, you know, one of the main things I think God's doing here is revitalizing his church Mm -hmm. worldwide. Um, yeah, John, I think you, you mentioned just a little bit ago of like, I th- people are desperate for the truth and they, they need to hear the truth. Especially, and, in, especially. Yeah, yeah, especially in, in, in crisis. Right. And so, and so if we're going to be faithful, we're going to share that truth with people and people are going to respond. Um, you know, when, when death is actually a reality and it's near, um, and it's, it's tangible and we're seeing it. I think people are, are more prone to, you know, listen, <laughs> you know, what's funny about what you just said, Jeremy, is that death is tangible and real with or without the coronavirus. Right. Exactly. In fact, this year, more people have died by far in the United States and around the world from the regular flu yeah. than the coronavirus. And this happens every year and we don't think twice about it. There hasn't been a run on toilet paper in the history of my life. (laughs) And now we have this flu and not, you know, granted there's some unknowns to it, but we do know what the flu has done in every single winter season 
in the past 25 years, it's killed a lot of people. Yeah. And so death, whether it's from the flu or from a Mack truck is always right around the corner. Yeah. And maybe this will just heighten people's awareness of that reality. You know, we aren't promised tomorrow, whether you're a Christian or not, you know, you don't have any guarantees about the health that you'll experience a week from now or, or a year from now. Death is on God's calendar, not ours. Mm-hmm. And so we need to live like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make, make, you know, make, much of every opportunity. I think Paul speaks of this a few times in the New Testament. You know, awake for the night is at hand. You know, the dawn is coming. So we have this, you know, Romans 13 idea that that Paul mentions about how we need to be alert and ready. And, um, you know, a few other places also. But um, this is a, a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for us and I don't want to sound like I'm downplaying the seriousness of this virus or the, the concerns that people have, and especially those who have lost loved ones or friends in this. Uh, it's, it's a serious thing. Um, but the reality is that life is serious. <laughs> uh, it always has been. Mm-hmm. And we need to realize that and live like that. Mm-hmm. Live like it's serious. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, th- I think about, I think about, you know, what we're experiencing here in America and through COVID-19. Um, but I also, I'm, I'm thinking about Christians around the world and especially those who are, who are being persecuted on a daily basis. So now they're, they're experiencing both persecution and, you know, this, this, the effects really of, of COVID-19. So how do we, how do we not only think about the church locally, and how do we think about the church globally? I think one way we can think about it globally is to think about it accurately, which requires um, getting to know our brothers and sisters whom we'll probably never meet this side of heaven. Um, now, uh, I'm, I haven't taken advantage of this yet because there's been so much connection within Sun Valley Church that that some things that I planned on doing during this, I haven't even had a chance to do, but it might be, maybe I should do it. And I, I think would be a good thing for others is um, on World World Magazine, World News Group, um, on their website, wng.org. Um, they've been doing regular uh, reporting on how the church around the world is dealing with um, COVID-19 in their area and what is God doing in those global, you know, places globally. So that would be one way to, to think about the church globally. And then in reading something like that, just be processing it in terms of a prayer guide. As we are seeing what's going on and the Christians are doing around the world, we can be praying for them as they're doing it, knowing some specifics. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're still getting our prayer letters from our missionaries, right? Um, yeah. We've got a few missionaries around the world that, that have been continuing to communicate with us in the midst of this, and they've been giving us some pretty uh, practical um, prayer points within that. I mean, I just we just saw something from the Hires and the Moyers, and um, and we got to pray for them mm-hmm. uh, and the requests that they're giving. One thing about you know how's this affecting the church worldwide? What's what's interesting is 
because of the isolation requirements that governments are putting on people, the um, persecutors are going to churches to kill people and they're empty. Hmm. <laughs> God's sparing Christian lives with COVID-19 hmm. wow. because the churches where they usually go and burn and, and murder and everything else are empty. Mm-hmm. And yet the church is thriving in those places. And so strangely enough, <laughs> COVID-19 might be a blessing to those churches who are in the midst of the most severe yeah. um, persecution. Yeah, They're not able to meet. And if they can't meet, they can't be corralled and shot. <laughs> so who knows what God has done here behind the scenes. That's gracious side note of this horrible pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> excuse me. It seems, it seems God is doing, doing a lot of actually good things through COVID-19. Um, I mean, just looking at our own church and I've, I've kind of been watching, uh, you know, Memorial Bible and, and seeing, you know, what's, what are they doing and how God's working through them, um, through their, their messages and, and they're being, you know, they're, from the sounds of it, they're, they're encouraged by what's taking place. Um, you know, of course there's, there's the effects of it, of, of COVID-19, but uh, it seems God is doing good things for the church. You know, I think of Romans eight twenty eight, a passage that we know well is, you know, God works all things for good for those who love Christ Jesus. So how, how is God using COVID-19 as a blessing, uh, maybe in your personal lives and, and in the church, Sun Valley Church and the global church. I know you just mentioned a few few things, but uh, we've this whole podcast, video cast, whatever this is, has been a rehearsal of that answer. Mm. We've we've talked about the different blessings that we've seen in our own church, in the global church. You know, these things are God's working out to the good. Mm. Uh, the phone calls that people are getting and, and, and giving the, the family time that maybe families have desperately needed, mm-hmm. uh, the encouragement to family worship, the encouragement to be evangelistic, um, in your thinking, um, and actually take steps to do something about it. These are all wonderful blessings. The, 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 and I, what I just said earlier, the sparing of Christian lives. How, how many Christian lives have been spared because of this pandemic? Who knows? But these things are all working together for the glory of God. I'm, you know, I, I kind of am like you, Jeremy. I get a bit stir crazy from time to time and need some kind of outlet. But um, I've actually benefited from being still <laughs> and maybe reading and praying a little more and um, spending time with Sherry or my son, David um, or Mark. I, he's, he's back in when he's in town, not in town, but he's up in Wenatchee and I've been able to connect with him more frequently now because of this and my daughter, Michelle, same way. But um, no, God is, God is faithful. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to see how God, as he's working out his purposes, does many things at once, um, only a fraction of which we get to see. 
And so, you know, like we spent the last 40 minutes talking about, you know, these things, um, those are all evidences of the truth of, of Romans eight twenty eight. Not that we need any, <laughs> any confirmation of its truth because it's God's word, but it just, it, it continues to show. Um, and I think there's a distinction that, that John's making, and I think is, is a biblical one, which is that, you know, we're not looking at this disease and saying, oh, we're so grateful for this disease. No, you know, the disease is not a blessing. It doesn't say that, that this is good, but it says that God works good through the midst of it, you know? So looking, looking at this disease biblically, it's, it's a result of the fall. And so that's an opportunity to, um, to see in a very tangible way this is the effect of our sinful nature. Otherwise, you know, if we had not sinned, we would not be seeing pandemics. And yet God is gracious because in the midst of evil in a fallen world, there are opportunities and he's causing his gospel to spread globally in a very unique way. He's doing things in, you know, in his purposes that we don't know on maybe a national level, uh, in countries, um, we don't know what judgments God is <laughs> realizing on 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 certain people. We just don't know that, and yet we see His goodness all over the place in the midst of it. And I know that a lot of people have been um, really concerned about the economy, and I'm really concerned about this stimulus package. And I'm not saying that's bad. Um, quite frankly, I'm so glad that I'm not. It's not my job to think about the best way to lead a nation through an economic and pandemic crisis. And I'm so grateful for and praying for our leaders who are, but the thing that's continually come to mind as they're talking about not just a recession, but the possibility of a depression is how God's people have responded to this in the past. I, you know, I've got my Bible open here to Habakkuk um, chapter three, because I'm just going to read you this and you tell me if this doesn't sound like some of the stuff we've been hearing um, when we're talking about stock market falling bigger than it has in decades. Um, Habakkuk was seeing a foreign army come to Jerusalem, the Babylonians, to, to destroy everything in life as they knew it. And his response was, though the fig trees should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, in other words, if all of economic life as we know it is come crashing around us, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. And I think that's the message of the people of God, that there can be peace in the midst of this kind of uncertainty and fear. That's, those are really good thoughts, Rick. Um, I was thinking about a broader theological perspective when you were talking about how, you know, the virus is not a friend, it's an enemy because of the fall of, of man and sin. But you think about sin itself um, from a broader theological perspective. What is sin actually, what's the purpose of sin? God being in control of all things, it, it allows the, the nature of God to be revealed. Yes. His mercy is experienced and demonstrated his love is experienced and demonstrated because of sin so 
this is a much smaller scale, of course, but it's, a, I think, a very similar picture. We're able to experience God at a level now that we have not before because of who he is. We can, yeah, I, I, I love those, those words from Habakkuk 3. That's awesome. Keep our people, keep that before our people. So when we're talking about leaning into the sovereignty of God, Jeremy, just to bring this full circle to where we started, um, the probably the, the best way that we can lean into his sovereignty is to lean into his character on the whole um, and to be constantly immersing ourselves in the truth of who he is, because that's what's on display here. Yeah. And that's the only thing that is a solid rock to stand on. And ultimately, you know, what did sin allow God to show? Well, Jesus died for us. You know, we know our Savior because of sin. It's what he bore. And ultimately, we understand that because of that, he will have the maximum glory that could possibly be shown in all of redemptive history. And so that's where this is going. It's going to the glory of God. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> that's a that's a great place to conclude um, this topic. Uh, yeah, so much to so much to think about during this time. You know, when we're when we're in isolation, so much to be thinking on, praying on, reading on uh, God's goodness and faithfulness, uh, even in the midst of everything that's that's taking place. So, thank you, Rick. Thank you, John, for for uh, your wisdom and insight on COVID nineteen. Thanks, Jer. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Church, we love you. Uh, we don't know when we'll be back together, but we do look forward to that day when we are. Uh, it, will be a, it will be a great day. And more importantly, we look forward to the day when we will be together with Christ. Um, that's, our, that's, that's the glorious day that we're looking forward to. So we love you. We look forward to the next time that we will be with you and the next time we are... <laughs> Uh, the, the next time we have our uh, Voice of the Valley podcast. Have a great day. <laughs>